This is M.I.P. With Masamela Mafuma. Mark Thompson. Get woke. God bless you and good morning. Student loan debt. Where are we? And more precisely, where is the Biden administration on doing something about it? Education Data Initiative has done a study of student loan debt by age here in America. You can read all of the statistics at educationdata.org. One in three adults under 30 owe 34% of all student loan debt, totaling 578 billion. 34% of adults aged 18 to 29 have student loan debt, making them more than twice as likely as adults in any other age group to have student debt. Student borrowers aged 30 to 44 years owe 49% of the national student loan debt balance or $823 billion. 35 year olds have an average student loan debt of $42,600 and the average 35 year olds student debt is 287% greater than the value of their original loan. 30 to 60 year olds have average loan debts that exceed the national average. Here's the average student loan debt by age group. Keeping in mind, 90% of student loan debt is federal. So when you look at it, 20 somethings owe over $21,000 in average remaining student loan debt. 30-somethings over 40. Also, 40-somethings. 50-somethings over $37,000 in average remaining student loan debt. 33000 for 60-somethings. But what this graph does, and again, you can see this at educationdata.org, it shows all the way up to people being 90 years old. If you're 70, the average remaining student loan debt is over $28,000. If you're 80, it's over 22. And if you're 90, they even there are even people over 90 with remaining student loan debt. And the amount that 90-year-olds owe is the same as the amount that 20-somethings owe. How do you build a middle class that way? If there's still this, this debt. Debt among 25 to 34 year olds has increased 6.1% since 2017. It's increased 17.9% if you're 35 to 49 years old. And again, this is because of of all this interest. It's increased 25.6% for 50 to 61 year olds. And for people 62 and older, federal debt among borrowers has increased 25%. And again, go to educationdata.org because you can also see the numbers specifically for your state. Intelligent.com took a poll, took a survey, and it showed how people felt when Biden took office in relationship to the loans that they took out. All right? They surveyed 1,000 borrowers, 86% of recent student loan borrowers, again, these are people 
who are defined as those who've taken out a loan since Biden was elected in November 2020, 86% say Biden's campaign pledge to address student debt played a role in their decision to take out loans. 21% of those borrowers said they would have been unlikely or very unlikely to take out the same amount of debt had Biden not campaigned on student loan forgiveness. When asked if they would have continued their education in the first place if not for Biden's campaign promises, 25% of recent borrowers said they would have been unlikely or very unlikely to go to or continue going to college. You don't go to college, you're not, how are you in the middle class? How are you building generational wealth in the middle class? How are you anything but working poor? Additionally, 30% of recent borrowers who are also currently enrolled in school say they are unlikely or very unlikely to continue going to college if Biden does not forgive some amount of student loan debt. And lastly, 31% of Democrats surveyed by Intelligent.com say they are unlikely or highly unlikely to vote for Biden in the next election if he does not cancel any student loan debt. Color of Change took a similar survey of African Americans last year. 84% of African American voters support student loan debt elimination. That includes nine in 10 black women. Five in 10 of black women support total loan forgiveness. 40% of African Americans say they wouldn't vote for someone who opposes student loan forgiveness. Student debt leaves African-American college graduates owing $25,000 more in student loans than white college graduates. Color of Change provides this evidence and testimony really from an African-American graduate. You know, if I didn't have student loan debt, um, I honestly think I'd be a business owner right now. I would have jumped right into that career right out of school. It's taken me a while to get back to a good place and not working multiple jobs. I really feel like it would have added a peace of mind and also maybe set me up for success uh, to work within a career path that I really, really, really feel passionate about. An African-American college graduate, courtesy of Color of Change, sharing her experience. And, and again, this is not building. This, this not being addressed is not building generational wealth for a community that it's been denied. It's not even continuing generational wealth for white middle class it was originally intended for. As we look at the reaction in other countries around the world, the reaction to America's loss of democracy, especially in the aftermath of the reversal of Roe. Interesting that a politician in the Irish parliament, I guess it's called, in their legislature, Mick Wallace, he went through the laundry list of how America's democracy has been eroding. And he even included student debt. This is from a, another part of the world, across the pond. Even they acknowledge there that the student debt that we're having to endure in this country is part of the loss of democracy. Mick Wallace. 
A woman's right to choose is a human right. Why are we so quiet about challenging the US when they threaten human rights? Some people have said in here, oh, we can't be talking, why, why, how dare we talk about the US? Well, we talk about everybody else. Is the US a functioning democracy? Well, let's have a look at it. It costs two billion to become president. They're 25% of the total prisoners in the world. They spend over 800 billion a year on arms, which is uh, more than most of the world put together. They've been at war for 250 years since their state was formed 275 years ago. But they can't afford universal health care. They can't afford the 1.7 trillion debt forgiveness for students. They can't afford a program for the, 1 pint, for the 17 million children that go to bed hungry. Is this a functioning democracy? What's your idea of a democracy? Bernie Sanders wasn't even allowed to win the nomination for the Democrats. The Americans couldn't spell democracy. The issue of student debt right up there along with everything else. Obviously, our enemies are opposed to student debt relief. And a lot of noise about canceling student debt. That's been going on for quite a few months, but it seems to have taken on a new life here within the last week, 10 days. That whole talk is worse than closing the barn door after the horse has escaped. It's like buying a new horse but leaving the barn door open. If all student debt was gone tomorrow, we would be right back where we started when this whole new crop of students graduate. Chuck Grassley, obviously, and of course, we do even worse, I guess, to hear <laughs> from Mitch McConnell. I'd like to see one single Democrat visiting the working people of Kentucky and defend this proposal with a straight face. Democrats' policies already have working Americans facing the worst inflation in more than 40 years, as well as the risk of a recession. But instead of trying to help middle-class families, Democrats are cooking up massive bailouts for Ivy League graduates. You could hardly dream up something more unfair. The ridiculous things that Mitch McConnell is alleging is that student loan debt relief would only benefit Ivy League students. That is absolutely false. Lee Saunders of the American Federation of State, County, and Municipal Employees asked me, the union for which Dr. King gave his life in Memphis, a union of working class people addresses that myth. So let's push back on this myth that student debt relief will only help Ivy League elites. As Chuck Schumer said, that's bullshit. It really is. That's just a pundit narrative that doesn't hold up to any scrutiny at all. The truth is that the folks carrying these debts are overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly working class. About half of them attend public colleges and universities. More likely than not, they have zero household wealth. These are the folks trying to desperately get ahead and build a better life for their families and for their children. And they're being punished. Right now, they're being punished by a rigged system. This time has come to make this a priority. This has got to be a priority. The labor movement is treating this. 
is a priority. It's the right thing to do for working people. Ask me President Lee Saunders, Business Insider, published a story recently that suggests that the advisors in the White House, who apparently also advised Biden to not be in favor of filibuster reform when we were fighting for voting rights, who advised Biden to be mum for as long as possible on Roe's reversal, who advised Biden to be also mum on Brittany Griner for as long as possible, are advising Biden now that canceling student debt will drive inflation even higher. Big mistake. Meanwhile, there are some things that the Biden administration has done in a positive sense. Again, this pause for student loan repayment end will end next month, at the end of next month, at the end of August, will they extend it? But other things the administration has done. The Department of Education made some Corinthian students eligible for debt relief, but only those who applied until today. Thank you. So I am proud to announce, together with the leaders on this stage, that the Department of Education will cancel all remaining federal student loans for former Corinthian students. Vice President Kamala Harris on the Corinthian loan forgiveness. That's a good thing. And there are also conversations around doing something about student debt when it comes to the physically and mentally disabled and for public service employees. As that was just being thought about, had an opportunity recently to speak with Education Secretary Miguel Cardona. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co. Joining us once again, ladies and gentlemen, the esteemed Secretary of Education, Secretary Miguel Cardona joins us on Make It Plain. How are you, sir? Great to be with you again. Nice to see you. It's good to see you as well. Of course, everyone is curious, what is the most up-to-date status on canceling student debt, Mr. Secretary? Well, um, you know, since day one, the president was very clear uh, we need to put students first. We need to make sure we're taking care of our, our students and making college more accessible, more affordable. We're doing a lot of work, uh, Rev, not only to provide loan forgiveness, but to fix a broken system. And I think that's really important that five years from now, we're not in the same position. Uh, in one year, 
uh, we've uh, been able to provide uh, over $26 billion in loan forgiveness. Um, that's unheard of. That's more than any other administration combined. Um, so, but we're not done. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of questions about broad-based loan forgiveness, and uh, we're continuing our conversations with the White House on that. Uh, but I, I want to tell you, we haven't been resting for that. We've been working really hard. Borrower defense, we've been really making sure that those who have been taken advantage of by their colleges also get the relief that they deserve. Uh, those with total and permanent disability who are identified by the uh, Social Security to, to have total and permanent disability, their loans have been discharged. So we're really actively following what the president asked us to do, which is to make sure we put our students first. And uh, we're going to continue to do that. As a matter of fact, I believe just in the past uh, few days, $6 billion of student loans canceled for about almost a, a quarter of a million borrowers, correct? You did do that. Yeah, $8.1 billion. You know, okay. uh, any opportunity we have to um, provide loan relief uh, for those who are eligible for it, we're going to do it. Look, 98% of those who applied for public service loan forgiveness, these are people that have given over 10 years of their lives serving the public. You know, and you know, a lot of these jobs, they're, they don't go in it for the money. They go in it because they want to help their community. 10 years of public service, 10 years of loan payment, they should have their loans forgiven. Well, 98% of the people were denied. That was before President Biden took office. That was before we came here to the Department of Education. We're really proud of the work we're doing, but we're not done. We're, we're, this is just one year. We're going to keep going um, because it does matter for the American people. Now, the, the fact of the matter is, though, aren't we coming up on a deadline next month in August? Um, people have kind of been, I guess, in forbearance may, be, may not be the, the absolutely correct word, but can we possibly meet that deadline and get something even more significant? Obviously, everything you've done has been sure. significant, but get something even more significant now. No, I appreciate the question. Uh, you, you're referring to the loan payment pause that has been in effect. Uh, since um, before uh, even this administration. The president uh, right away extended that. And we recently extended it based on um, what we know the American people are dealing with. Um, so we know that in order to restart our loan payments, we have to communicate openly and very early with our borrowers. And we intend to do that. We're also fixing our federal student aid offices that needed an overhaul in some protocols and some processes to make sure we're more user-friendly, um, and we're doing that. With regard to the loan forgiveness before that, you know, whether or not um, that uh, there's information about that coming from the president before that, I, I, I can't, I'm not sure, you know, we're not there yet, but what I will tell you is that we are taking into account the challenges that a lot of our uh, borrowers are having. You know, they're, they're sending their kids back to childcare centers, which cost money, uh, we know that their mortgages, they're paying their mortgages now, and we want to make sure we're responsive to the American people and what their needs are. And we are going to give them enough ample time uh, to, to get on, right? We want to create an on-ramp for them to be successful. And so earlier when you spoke about negotiations and trying to work through that, that's what you're talking about, right? Trying to figure that out in consultation uh, with the White House, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, we're all, what else we're trying to figure out is how to make sure that when people do get back to loan repayment, they're not paying, they're not being asked to pay more than they can afford. That's part of the problem, right? 
I talked to teachers who said, you know, I can't afford $900 a month in, in loan repayment. So we want to make sure we're doing it responsive to what their needs are and what they can afford. And that's what we're doing in, when we talk about fixing a broken system. Um, and yes, we're working very closely with the White House, who also understands the importance of this moving forward. All right. Uh, I, your, your tone sounds optimistic to me. I, I'd like to I'd like to hear it that way. You look, <laughs> look, we're, we're the worst part of the pandemic. I'd like to think is behind us because of the swift action of this administration. You know, a year and a half ago, if you thought about your news feeds on your social media, you were reading about who's sick or who's in the hospital, who may not make it. We are at a point now where we're talking about $26 billion in loan forgiveness. We're fixing systems that have been broken for decades. Um, the president's proposals have uh, serious money toward education. We have more money in education now than ever before. I've been in this business for over 20 years. Um, so I do see better days are ahead of us. And um, I'm confident that as we continue to focus on providing mental health support for our students, as we continue to fight for all students, including our students who have been marginalized in so many different states with poor legislation, we're going to come out ahead and our students are going to come out ahead. Yeah. And and obviously, folks, we know the, the mental health concerns to which the secretary refers has a lot to do with, with the rise in, in gun violence that our students are facing and uh, the unquestionable anxiety uh, when school reopens um, in, in August. So um, thank you for, for that and, and for your devotion and for your concern. I know you're working hard. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, joins us once again, folks, on Make It Plain. Thank you, Mr. Secretary. Thank you, Reverend. Good to see you again. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. As always, perform an act of kindness on behalf of an elder or young person. Write a letter to a sister or brother who just so happens to find her or himself incarcerated. Offer libations to the ancestors upon whose sturdy shoulders we all now stand. And above all, give thanks to the God of your understanding by whatever name you call her and him. All God asks of us is that we give each other love. Thanks for giving MIP love. And please remember to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.